Can you can, hear me? Can I hear me? I can hear me, and, and you can hear me, and I can hear you. <laughs> we cannot hear Jeremy. What's going on with Jeremy? Jeremy broke the internet again. It's like twice in a week. Roll it. It becomes important who you allow to be the gatekeeper on your church's communication channels. You have some things in place that that works, right? That you've already thought it through because you don't want to wait until it's too late. Are we doing that well? Are we using that to the benefit of what it is? Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your source for church tech, with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. This is not a test. It's time for the real thing. It's time for church tech. It's a working title. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here, along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider, is on sabbatical, so we have the very awesome blessing, Mabufo. And it is wonderful to have you on again, blessing. Um, so much so that uh, man, it, it feel it's it's gonna feel you know th- when Phil comes back. I'm just saying, I'm just you know I'm not making any I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any make any promises or say anything too crazy here live on the podcast. But uh, I've really appreciated blessings contribution. And uh, would most certainly be interested in seeing that continue. Um, not only has Blessing been able to bring a uh, another cultural perspective on many conversations, but he's also able to, which is from from culture and from church in 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 another culture and technology and like all these different elements. That and the fact that he's so active with the Alpha Digital Distribution Master of All Things or whatever your title is. <clears throat> in my mind, that's what it is. Blessing. <laughs> For the record, um, it's it's been been wonderful. So, just hats off and props to you, sir, for um, bringing another you know really contributing to this podcast in an awesome way. So, thank you for that. Well, um, thanks for having me, guys. I just really appreciate this. Um, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just been great. <laughs> well, and hopefully soon we'll have Chris Wilson on uh, another Church Mag author as well yeah. and then we'll we'll be we'll be on three different continents we'll be pretty epic i'm just saying what? i'm just saying that'll be pretty awesome yeah um of course the the mind-blowing part is what you and chris are in the same time zone aren't you blessing yes yes we're in the same time zone yeah yeah which is just kind of funny considering actually how far apart you are you used to be in the same yeah. time zone but anyway i digress um before we kicked off the podcast we were talking a little bit about what's been going on on the news and news and social media go hand in hand anymore it seems um so many people get their news from social media and interestingly enough it wasn't too long ago i saw some stats on that and basically it said that those that get news from social media are oftentimes getting very inaccurate news that is if only you're gathering facts from social media what i really mean about news and social media is that it becomes the topic right it's what everyone's talking about and it's interesting to see um as jeremy brought up before we started about the the shift in social media and and how you know Little people together have a big voice, and as many social issues arise, more and more people are are vocal, and it feels like there has been a shift in the world to become more socially active, you know, and I know people will be social justice warrior, and oftentimes that's used in a derogatory fashion, and and I would have to disagree with that. I, I think the people that are becoming more passionate, they feel like they have a voice, and they can speak out, and ultimately, it's an opportunity for the church to join in that chorus and say something good. Fun part about all, the fun part about all this is the conversation about, like, what does all this mean? Brady, if you follow Pro Church Tools, and I know love hate as far as church. Yeah, we and we know Brady's not listening. 
because we're just not that cool. If we were as cool as Brady, he might would listen so to salty. us. salty. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying we're not as cool as he is. That's all. There's nothing salty about that's that. That's all. Um, the <sighs> conversation about one of the things he says, and I don't know how much I agree with him. In fact, I have a little bit of like reservation saying this, but he said the last re- last communication resolu- revolution was the um, Renaissance, right? The ability to have constant um, books being printed to get your idea out there is something that's huge. And to be able to um, get your message, the literally the Bible, the written word into people's hands was something that had never happened before. And he's saying now with social media, with the invention of the internet and email and blogging and YouTube and all this stuff, that's the next major change and we're and the question is are we doing that well are we using that to the benefit of what it is right and that's a really interesting concept because here here's the thing is when the when the printing press first came out um there was a limit in resources uh, eventually it was virtually limitless i mean the amount of paper and ink and the the affordability of those those supplies the printing press became pretty much infinite in that sense now broadcast media um has physical limitations like there's a physical um broadcast spectrum limitation so there's only so many radio and television signals that can fit in 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 the air right and then the same with cable there's only so much you can jam in a cable and so there for many years while the printing press was pretty much infinite anyone can could whip up and start a newspaper right or a publication or a magazine Broadcasting was not that way, and that's why we have the FCC, and that's why we have regulation. What's interesting, uh, and, and Brady points to this about social media and stuff, is that the Internet has, has given us, in, in some sense and form, limitless ability to, to create affordably video, audio, print, multimedia affordably just about anyone can do it and put it up on the internet and there's a level playing field and so in 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 that same sense of the printing press becoming affordable and available to everybody anyone could go to the store and buy a printer the internet has created that with mass media communication and you can reach more and further than any other kind of media Mm -hmm. in the history of the world regardless of cost and um initiative the barrier for that is super I will yeah. say I think the TV and radio in general, the conversation of connecting the world that happened 40, 70, 90 years ago. Um, but it was but it was controlled by was, by by a very few people. Yeah, right. Was. Whereas now. Yeah. It, you know, but, but I would say that that was a revolution in of itself. Yeah. yeah I mean. And so I think that, I think that this is the next one since the printing press. I don't necessarily buy all of that but as press, far as the church. Yeah. In, in modern I mean, you can, you know, how you define those, you know, grandiose terms, I, I think that that is highly debatable. But the point of us being on the, on uh, you know, being a part of this huge ability to reach so many people or have the potential to, right, that certainly is a thing. And that's why things like net neutrality and stuff like that are such a big deal because that could break that and really roll roll that power back. Yeah, but now we're rabbit trailing. But I think Sorry. I think that the conversation that we had talked about before we started this was the everything that's happening with the with American. I realize this American conversation is that there's the issues going on with um, the immigration and zero tolerance, and the and I don't want to make this political, but then we led into the Jeff Section stuff and the church that's played into that. 
And then we had the issue of um, the churches then speaking up in regards to that. And so what is the church supposed to do? And we see because of the Internet and this revolution that there is, is that we have the ability to speak out. And we've seen many denominations and many churches do that immediately. They've immediately responded where, whereas churches themselves have not, or I'm sorry, the media themselves have not communicated the thoughts and feelings of the church. I see. So what you're saying is, is that, you know, there's an opportunity where the church can actually come out and specifically say, this is what we think, believe about this specific issue. And you're hearing it straight from the source. Whereas before it was, maybe they would be mentioned in an article and, Usually it was fitting to whatever the spin on that article is, whereas now they're able to put that out there and everybody knows where they stand. There's no mystery, right? right? Well, the the big thing now, the thing the media did not talk about was all of the conversations happening as far as uh, the church and where they stand and um, our actual beliefs that they are talking about for us, which I have a bit of concern. I wish that they would not put their tone on what we have to say. But the thing that they ended up talking about is, is that the United Methodist church has actually started filing church grievances towards Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions is United Methodist um, member. And so they're noting at least that piece of it. And Um, so we're good. No, no, I was just thinking about the, the, um, that at the same time, while, you know, since it's open, since, I mean, uh, we now as a church, whether as individuals or, or as a body or, or local church, um, you know, you have direct access to people, if I can put it that way, or, or you have an open channel to communicate, um, it's the, the, I think the, the flip side of that is that the expectation is also that then you should also be able to instantly be able to speak out about whatever issue or people immediately need to, you know, want to be able to have that access um, almost immediately for you to be able, you know, to get your reaction on, on issues. Sure. Um, and I think part of my concern is that, uh, the pressure of, uh, you know, if you haven't formulated or clarified where you stand or had time to kind of process that even as a church, then there's also possibility of a misstep. I think my concern is just the double-edged nature of this beast in terms of the social media and the idea that you can instantly communicate with masses of people um, Sometimes it takes a lot more to manage um, uh, damage that can be easily done because it's now that easy. Well, Um, also, Blessing, I think then what can easily happen because it is so easy to do and then people begin to expect it. If you're slow to reply or you say, we need time to think about this, those that have quickly come to a conclusion then are draw their own conclusions or make assumptions based on the fact that you've asked for a little time. Yeah. 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 Make judgments based on that. Like, what do you mean? You got to think about this. It seems pretty obvious to me. Mm. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
Yeah, so I definitely agree. There is a there definitely is a two edged sword nature yeah. to this for sure. Well, I think part of the challenge of the of it is that I mean you've got the message and and the medium, right? Um, I think the other thing that often I suspect a lot of communicators, particularly or church leaders, would struggle with is how do you communicate something very clearly? Uh, you know, and in, in saying you know from a biblical standpoint, you know, this is where we should stand or what we think without, without being device divisive. Is that the word or polarizing? Um, and, um, and at the same time, communicate in a way that you're not alienating people. And at the same time, some of those people who actually sit in this, in, in, in the, in your, in your pews, um, you know, it's it's quite delicate because it's it's like standing. I think you know you've got this platform. That's what happens with social media. It just creates this platform where you are, where it can also be open season <laughs> um, in terms of pushback. I think that that happened with every single communication situation with the um, printing press everybody was given a voice, which led to propaganda and other issues. I think that with TV, it honestly gave rise to probably the biggest issue with pornography that the world has ever seen. And when um, the internet came, just, it was let loose and do whatever you want to do. And the invasion of privacy and all those concerns that happened as well. Um, that, that I'm reading a book and I'm not going to recommend it cause it's awful. But there is one funny point in there where he says he talks about quoting a great philosopher um, with great power comes great responsibility. And then he later realized it wasn't a great philosopher that said that. And I think that that's true, though. The idea of great power comes great responsibility. The idea of understanding that we need to take accountability for what we have as far as our actions is very important and to assume otherwise is a problem. And so you're giving, you're given this great power a in your faith and don't squander that. And I think people do many, many times, but then also this mentality of trying to understand and do better with regards to how they react immediately in the moment in the heat of the situation, which this isn't me yelling at people or complaining because I do this myself all the stinking time. And I'm annoyed by that. Um, but we have to realize that that's the case with the good comes bad. Someone invented dynamite because it was or fertilizer because it was going to revolutionize the ability to farm and we turn it into bombs. Someone made TNT, which was supposed to be able to shift and, and form the earth how we wanted to. And we blew things up because of it. And so we have to recognize that it's our responsibility to figure out how to work with that. So, something that I'm thinking about is then uh, that uh, as a local church or as a church, I'm just one of the things that are now that's just coming to mind is then it becomes important who you allow to be the gatekeeper on your church uh, church's communication channels. Absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, who has access to your Facebook uh, um, and who can post what, uh, I mean, coming down to a practical uh, level, you know, are there some people that you give privileges and you need to, uh, you know, sort of 
kind of edit whatever or approve whatever they've queued um, to go out um, because you could end up uh, with someone communicating something that's not, not necessarily the standpoint of your church. And, uh, you know, and a few times I have, I have um, texted something I intended to tweet <laughs> um, by accident. And at other times I have posted something on a social media account, which um, is not my personal one because I had them all on the same device, set up on the same device. And so I think then that that's something to, to also think about who, who you, who are you allowing to, to give in any way um, access to the platforms that you communicate through. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I 100% agree. I think that the, um, there is such responsibility and let's be honest, how many churches have a policy that they're actually following with regards to communication online? My guess is it's so much lower than it should be. Yeah. You know, it, for many years, kind of the social media is just kind of this fun little thing that we've played around with, or, you know, let's try to do this or try to do that. But it's, it's, it's become quite a serious thing, right? You know, how you present yourself on line, the things that you say, et cetera, et cetera. And, and any church of any size should, should have those kind of guidelines figured out or have some sort of accountability system or, you know, you can't just give somebody a username and password and say, hey, go nuts. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you might have a mess to clean up. And, you know, mistakes do happen. But mm-hmm. yeah. not yeah. having those policies in the first place is, is bad news because, you know, if, if something does go awry or, you know, you get a loose cannon and there is a mistake, you can at least point to your social media policies and say, hey, look, the person doing it violated our policies, you know. We apologize this happened, but as you can see, this is not something that we would say or do based on these this policy that we have. If you don't have the mm, policy, you uh, can't point to that. I also think I wonder as far as with all those situations, how many times um, we do not have the people in the right places for that. If I think about interest in general um, with social media people, how many people, we've talked about this in the past, how many people could have a theological argument or debate or conversation with the social media stuff. A lot of times my experience is, Hey, shoot us a private email as opposed to this would be actually a great time to have a dialogue or they need to go talk to their pastor, which means there's a couple hour, couple day delay for every single response. And sometimes it's just a matter of needing to pray for them. And, but that in the marketing mindsets, they're not training you to here be a good time to pray for all the people that you're working with in social media. It's um, make sure you get likes and everything that you but need. Here's a question for you, Jeremy. I mean, we've talked about, you know, a great time and, you know, you can reach people and vocal and social justice, et cetera, et cetera. But here's a question that I'm curious to see what you think about and you guys think about. And it's, do you have to actually share or address these issues? Like, do you have to? I mean, can 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 some things? Can you just step away and l- let them lie? Do you do you have to release a statement and a position on on everything that that might be a hot to- hot topic in the news? Or absolutely not. Or, I think that that's absolutely important. You know? But um, the question is: Is would something like this right now that's happening? The issue of children being taken out of their homes and whole denominations speaking about this. Well, see here you have a situation of, of, I mean, 
you know, <laughs> it's, I, I quickly point to, you know, what do you speak out against mm-hmm. or what do you speak about mm-hmm. and what do you not speak about because you're too fearful yeah. of what people might think and respond to that can say that, that can say a lot as well. You know, you're willing to speak out about this thing over here, but this thing here, you're not, you know? Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and pull a fill here. Um. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Blessing. We, we, you know, when, when, when Jeremy brought this subject up, I thought, man, we really need Phil here on this one. <laughs> I'm going to try and channel Phil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hopefully I don't get other people. Hopefully I don't get uh, some people getting worked up, you know, you know, you're on your podcast, you channel each other. Um, uh, the, the thing that I think that instinctively comes to mind for me is is I think especially with the hot topics and the hot issues that that a, a church that as a church we need to actually have a response um, and we need to speak out about uh, you know especially some of the hot topics because that's the reality of what uh, we is what everyone is living in in terms of whether whether you're a Christian or not, that's the present reality. That's what people are going to be talking about. And I think part of the responsibility of the church is to be able to give people a sound theological framework to to deal with the issues um, and to address issues and speak about stuff. So, so I think that it just kind of gives a bit of a challenge in terms of the church and church leaders and teachers and, Pastor and pastors, it means that they need to really be spending time digging deep into the scriptures and 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 seeing how they apply to um, to the current situations and translating that in a very clear um, way uh, for their not only the congregation but the community at large. So, so I think that um, you know. The that we you have to address, especially the things that end up bubbling to the top. Um, you know, I mean, for instance, studies like um, you know like some of the studies um, about young people, for instance, or young adults leaving the church, or Generation Z, or X, Y, or Millennials, or whatever letter of the alphabet you pick, um, end up leaving the church because hey. I don't see how I don't see the relevance to my everyday life. So, so I think that you need to be able to 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 articulate some of those issues and and communicate them well. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it kind of went on for a while there, but yeah. No, but no, it, it's true though because you know these are hot topics and these are issues that that the gospel addresses. And this isn't an, really an issue of politics or country or anything like that, right? Um, we belong to a different kingdom, and when when social issues like this come up, the, the church should make a statement and say, hey, you know, this is wrong or this is right. I mean, for, for many years, it seemed like the church had no problem being, being vocal about social issues, and... Uh, I don't think this should be any different. I, I guess maybe what some of the conflict and the problem comes to, Jeremy, is what we would assume a church's stance would be 
might not necessarily be the stance of some churches. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. I think that the important thing is, is that we actually think through it. And so mm-hmm. the people that are much more conservative are definitely going to have a different answer than I would potentially have. And the people that are much more liberal um, are going to have, yes, actually, yeah, that's actually what I mean. More liberal in the sense of like their, their interpretations, everything else. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to agree with most anybody, which is what makes it so beautiful. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I just, I'm, I just, I just, yell, but I, I, I suppose, I suppose that might be some of the difficulty that, you know, a denomination for instance has, or larger church and churches and organizations is the ability to speak out or to make a, a judgment call, um, uh, about something. You know, and essentially, you 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 turn an issue black and white, black or white, right? And there's a fear that that is going to cut against the grain of a large percent of their congregation or the, their following or whatever. And you know that starts getting into economics and some different things like that. And and I think that that is historically been or even currently a huge catalyst as to why why. Larger organizations don't speak out at all, right? It's too risky, you know. Um, but that that gets that gets into another can, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just takes it into the challenge of, um, you know, how do we build a framework where we can also have com- healthy conversations, especially where we have different yeah, opinions. You know, you know th- that that's true, blessing. Because you know, when you release your stance on something, it doesn't necessarily have to say. You know, we're for this side or this this side or that side. It can it, it can be, um, it can be thoughtful. Like this is what we need to consider, and this is what we need to think about. And you know, this is a complicated situation. Um, the Vlog Brothers, I've I've I think that's their name. They're YouTube brothers, and what I really appreciate uh-huh. about their approach. Oh, vlog. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. W- one of the <laughs> one of the uh, things I really appreciate about what they do. Number one. They're very interested in the data, which most people just completely ignore the data and they just, you know, whatever. Um, But they're also very quick to admit that even if in certain situations that even if the data tends to lean one way or another, they also are very quick to point out that it's a very complicated thing. So to say A or B is is disingenuous that that while we we may all prefer A and, and the data really points to A, we need to realize that it's still a very complicated issue and we can't just say A all the way. Um, so, I, you know, the church, the church or denominations or ministries or whatever, social media, even your local church, you know, you can put things out there that they get people thinking yeah. about this yeah. stuff. Right. Not necessarily saying everyone needs to pick this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Jesus, Jesus would would have been part of this political party. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I also think that too many people are trying to mimic someone else they're not thinking through their stuff they're being reactionary they're doing what they personally want not that's the thing oh yeah definitely uh, definitely um, yeah 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 that's uh-huh. that's bad news right there yeah i think i think some things in the same way that i can look at something online and often my i well let me put it this way i i i cannot confidently say that i process everything logically um I think usually my initial reactions are very emotional. Uh, you know, like how can that happen? Or, you know, why, 
aren't they doing things that way? And, and, and maybe just having that, that cool off, uh, you know, process or like some sort of process to decompress as the church as well. It, it doesn't have to be a long time, but it could be just a set of questions that you filter something through before you craft communication or, or, you know, or before working on some sort of response. It could be just a set of simple question, you know, questions. How true is this? Um, what data is there to back it up? Um, you know, and and like you're saying, uh, Eric, is this something that we actually need to, to to respond to? Is this a conversation we need to be a part of, um, and things like that? I think I think that could you know maybe just help 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 a lot of churches um, just process things, and even in even as individuals, I guess I think a lot of things that we end up sort of trans, uh, what not transposing. Well, it's a lot of things that we end up doing in the, as, uh, church communicators. I think some of those stem to come from personal practices. So here's my suggestion. I think that this is a topic that we could talk about for a couple hours, but if I were to throw out a whole bunch of question bombs for people to spend a lot of time thinking about in staff meetings, um, who has the final say in all social media? Um, who's the person that has the final say within the first 10 minutes of a social media post being impacted, whether it's a local news company or someone responding or something accidentally getting posted? Um, who, uh, who do you go to if nobody in your church leadership knows the answer? So literally you don't know how to do this. Where are you learning new things from and getting that research information that you're talking about blessing? Uh, where does that creativity so that you're not just stuck go to when someone comes on board, if your entire social media team were to quit and someone that's capable of social media in general, but not necessarily your church or ministry in general were to come on board, would they know how to pick up things and move forward? And if um, everybody, every, all the leadership is on vacation because it's the week after Easter and you need to have some kind of formal dialogue uh, what would that look like and how could you respond well to people if there's a lot of tough questions asked? Mm, if you good. can answer all those things, you're doing better than my church. <laughs> that's good, Jeremy. Yeah, you're doing better than a lot of churches, I think, and even ministries and, and large organizations in, in, in some ways. And I, th- I think I think you, you painted it well. I think that um, this topic was great because um, – just like we were saying with the social media, we're not offering a a like solution or answer, or we're providing some questions. You know, that's why we're talking about this to get us thinking about it, so that we're asking questions, so then then we can address them, so that you know, in the heat of the moment, or something goes a little wacky, or to prevent things from going wacky, you have some things in place that that works, right? That you've already thought it through, because you don't want to wait until it's too late for that. If you'd like to join the fun, use the CMAG cast hashtag. Email us directly at podcast at churchmag or ask us a question that we might be able to answer on an upcoming podcast and at least sound like we know what we're talking about by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Kind of, but not really, Jeremy. Hold on. Let's try again. Let's try Let's have you try to talk. Um. Testing, testing. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy, you. Is testing. Hey, huh? 
I'm they tempted are. to say that we can't hear you just to troll you, but that just yeah. <laughs> too mean. Too mean. I can't do it. Can't do it. You're welcome, Jeremy, that I'm a decent human being. Barely decent human being. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. 